got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of a defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Oh, and he was absolutely knocked back into that tweet by Atwood. David Atwood has got titanium in his shoulders at the moment. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes magnificently on the outside. Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug the podcast by the fans, for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Tom and I'm joined in Bath this week by a full complement of Bath fans. This is Charlie. Charlie, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, very well, thanks, Tom. Uh, and yeah. Gabriel's here as well. How are you doing? Hi, Tom. Very well, thank you, mate. Good weekend, chaps? Yeah, not too bad. Um, played for Old Sulians this weekend uh, and we came out on the wrong side of uh, uh, a difficult loss away at Crew Kern. Um, so yeah, a bit disappointing, but apart from that, plenty of sport watched, um, and yeah, had a good time. You were missing your, uh, your, your Jamie Roberts, the old Sulians, Jamie Roberts, uh, at 12, weren't you, to, to, to make those tackles? Yeah. Charlie, you've, you've hurt your back, have you? Yeah, back's gone out, so I slipped a disc a couple of years ago, and every now and then it seizes up, but, uh, yeah, it seems like uh, they must have been punching holes through the midfield, uh, unlike unlike when I'm usually there. Isn't that right, Gabriel? Yeah, every now and then it seizes up. Just happens to coincide with the longest away trip of the season. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> a, a bad result for for Old Sulians, but uh, a, a good result for, for for Bath on Saturday. And let's let's get straight into it, shall we, boys? Because you know we've got quite a lot to talk about tonight and uh yeah I don't know about you boys but I always feel a little bit better about the podcast I always look forward to doing it a little bit more when we've got a win to talk about and you know um as we said last week um it is it, it was a dead rubber um the result didn't matter in the in the context of, of qualifying for the quarterfinals of the European Champions Cup but I think it was still important to get a win you know particularly at the rec we've only won two games at the rec since September of last year so uh Important to get the win on Saturday, G? Yeah, I think you're right. I think at the start of the day, I, I was looking more at the performance uh, side and, and looking for a really strong performance. But but kind of once that, that didn't materialise and once it turned into, you know, what was a, a game with, with a lot of errors and, and where both sides probably didn't, didn't um, perform to the best of their ability. I think once it became that, it was then really important that we got the win for the reasons that you mentioned, because it was at the wreck and also because, you know, like you say, you prefer doing this podcast on a Monday after a win. You know, it must be so much easier for the players, the coaches, everybody at the club uh, on a Monday morning and throughout the week when, when they've got a win to talk about and a win to review, even though it was, you know, a one-point win and quite scrappy, to be fair. Yeah, two points, but yeah, I, I completely get your point, Gabriel. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, it, it was, as you say, we weren't, we, if you listen back to last week's episode, we weren't quite sure what to expect. Uh, and when the teams were put out, as you say, there was you know, decent, decent sides on, uh, on, 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 on for both teams. And you could tell that it actually wasn't a dead rubber game. These boys did want to play for their pride. Mm. They had something to show. They, you know, as you say, every time you put on a Bath jersey, you want to see a bit of a reaction out of these boys. So uh, it was it was it was good to see that they were obviously immensely happy to get the win and actually uh, start building some momentum. Uh, yeah, I think to through. be I think to be honest with you though, the 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 Bath um, the the Bath team was slightly weaker than than the Wasp team. You know, I think we made a lot of changes and, and on their side of the ball, you know, Larue wasn't there and, and Daly's gone gone away to Cape Town as you mentioned on the podcast last week, Tom. However. Lovely wine tasting trip, I see. Well, I think it was actually. It is. Yeah, so they had a full strength team apart from those two, and, and we certainly didn't have a full strength team. So that that makes the win, uh, I think, even more important and even more impressive. 
And it was it was a good blend of experience and youth, I think. And, you know, we, we mentioned that last week. And I thought one of the most encouraging things to come out of Saturday was, you know, a bit more innovation and attack. We looked at times as dangerous as we have done all season. And this is with players who probably haven't played as much first team rugby this season. I'm thinking particularly of Max Green of late, who I thought looked very sharp. And mm. and the other Max who came back, Max Clark, who who was named man of the match on the day. And yeah, really good to see those boys come back and uh And the uh, other Max, I'll just say, yeah. you know, Max Wright, I know he's been in and out of the team slightly more than the other two, but I thought he had a fantastic game and that that try um oh. that he you know, I think he's got to take full credit for that. Uh just holding the man, little pump of the ball and just putting Mercer through that gap you know it was it was it was fantastic I think that's arguably one of the best tries we scored all season uh, yeah I think it was reminiscent I think of the, the try that we scored against Wasps at the Rico in this competition I think it was Jack Walker on that occasion who came to the line and sort of it's, I can't remember who who went through the gap but um, a similar sort of ball on the shoulder through a gap and yeah I think you're absolutely right that was the that was definitely the standout moment in the game that and maybe a couple of the Falatel bursts I think that was the, the real yeah. moment of quality uh, and coming from a guy who Tom I know you've been been really impressed with this season and we've mentioned three maxes there and there was a fourth of course that started I just wonder how many times that a team has fielded a side with with four first four of the same first teams yeah, yeah. Tom you normally have all the stats <laughs> I haven't I haven't I haven't I haven't looked that one up I'm afraid but um if you do know the answer to that then uh get in touch with us we're at, at Bath Rugby Plug on Twitter and we'd be uh we'd be very interested to hear to hear your thoughts on that so I think I think we should recap the other try as well because you know you just mentioned Zach Mercer's try and he showed tremendous pace I thought to to get over the line there you know I thought he was going to drop the ball though when he did that weird oh. um, little pump. I thought he was going to go for the ash blast the ash splash. I, I reckon he was going to go for the ash blast and then then Todd's kind of Todd's fuming <laughs> face on a Monday morning when he dropped it kind of flashed before him <laughs> yeah. and he decided to tuck it under his arm he'd seen that before with to to Homer and Burns I reckon he didn't want the same to him or maybe the thought of the uh, the, Six Nation, on- the Six Nations squad announced on Thursday after after Nathan Hughes had scored about 10 minutes earlier missing out on 26 bags a game no thank yeah. you <laughs> exactly yeah but the, I mean the other try obviously um, set up by Toby Falatau um, who's obviously not played at all this season for Bath um, and you know giving that offload uh, I think I think Alastair Eakin who was, who was commentating described it as like holding a peanut he just flicked off um, Juan de Jong and uh, Michaela Campagnaro and was, was straight through the gap and then gave that lovely offload to, to Max Green who who showed impressive pace and and you know an impressive sort of tracking um, to get from the ruck where he'd given the pass to Falatao um, to run that support line to take the try. So Falatao for me was uh, at times it was at times it was it was men against boys when, yeah. when he got the ball. A couple of things on that try. You, meant, you mentioned Max Green's line there. You know, being a scrum half myself, obviously not quite to the caliber of, of Max Green. They always they always talk about second involvements in a game. So once you've passed, you kind of run a tracking line to, to so if there is a line break, you're the first on the scene. I think. That was really impressive from him. And, and on the Falatau thing, I, I know Todd mentioned it after the game, you know, credit to our strength and conditioning guys. As you say, Tom, not played for, for some time now. And, and to come back and look so sharp, look so strong, look so powerful, credit to those guys who have obviously been working really hard on, on his rehabilitation. I, I think Falatau look, looked, looked back to his best already. Yeah, well... Well, sorry, just, I can't get my words out. World class. Yeah, just say. in time for the Six Nations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I was, I was actually at the game on, on Saturday with, with a couple of mates, um, fans of the podcast, uh, instantly. So I'm sure they'll be sure they'll be uh, be tuning in. And I tried to take down some frantic notes as I was uh, as I was watching the game. 
Um, and then the next day when I went to check my notes and, and you know, uh, to try and firm up my thoughts a bit, I'd only written three words down in my notes and the three words were Toby different gravy. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, and I thought, I thought it was just that. Um, to be honest and, and I think all of the back row actually Josh Bayliss obviously um, making his European debut and I think he acquitted himself very very well and, and showed once again the you know the incredible strength and depth that we've got in that back row yeah he, he was he was impressive a bit excitable at the start of the game I think he gave mm-hmm. away three three penalties almost uh, on the bounce which sent them all the way to our five meter line which they then ended up scoring off um but you know he was he was he was, he was very good. Uh, worked around the park. I know Todd uh, Todd rates him very highly, and he's definitely going to be one of the lads for the future. Um, but uh, no, he looks strong, strong ball carrier. Good good work around the park. But yeah, I think he just uh, the the big occasion got to him uh, a little bit. Yeah, I um, think I think at the beginning of the match. Yeah, I think you're right. I think when you get when guys like that on the fringes get opportunities in the first team, you know they want to make an impact. And and being a number seven coming in for Francois Lowe and obviously Sam Underhill that impact is, is primarily at the breakdown. And I think perhaps he was slightly overeager to make that impact. And, and in doing so, you know, wasn't quite, you know, they all say, wait for the opportunities uh, and pick the right ruck when you're, when you're going for the jackal. And I think maybe he wasn't, he wasn't doing that because he wanted to make an impact, which, you know, you can understand. Yeah, and, and you know, that obviously all comes with uh, experience, mm-hmm. you know, that, that decision-making ability. And there are no sort of better guys to learn off than, you know, Toby mm-hmm. Falatau, Francois Lowe, um, even Sam Underhill, who at 22 still a very young man, but I think his uh, experience sort of beyond beyond his years. So we spoke a little bit about uh, attack there, and Gary, you touched on um, on the penalties there, and I think that was probably sort of the one um, criticism that that I'd have. So we gave away fourteen um, penalties um, in the game, ten penalties in that first half, and notably four on the bounce um, just before that Nathan Hughes um, try for Wasp. So. Um, yeah, what did you make of that? What did you what did you put that lack of discipline down to? Well, I, th- I think it's something that we we've seen uh, from a number of games this season. You know, most notably, obviously against Worcester in the previous game after the after the 80 minutes when the clock was in the red. And I'm not quite sure what to put it down to, Bill Discipline, because you know the players they must know and it must be being uh, drilled into them in the week. Discipline, 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 especially after what happened at Worcester. So I can't really uh, put my finger on why why it was so poor again. Charlie, can you mate? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm in the same boat as you, really, Gabriel. It's it's bit it's, it's tough to know. I guess there have been uh, a couple of instances instances where we've been camped on the line a bit, but hmm. that's usually been through compounding errors, as I mm-hmm. said with uh, with um, Bayless at the start. There, um, there's been times like that where you do tend to give away a few a few penalties, um, as you say. Uh, it's, it's hard, hard to put exactly what it's what it's I down think, to, but I think just to add, add a little bit of colour to that. So six of the fourteen penalties we gave away were at scrum time. Um, mm. I think that was an area where we struggled. Um, Nathan Cat is obviously um, obviously out injured now, and and three of those penalties were against Lahif, two on the loose head side against Jacques Van Royen, and then one against Lucas Nogueira when 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 he came back on. So Todd Blacker actually mentioned in in sort of his post match interview that that is a that is an area for for concern. We'll come on to the Toulouse game, but um obviously all French mm. uh, sides pride themselves on on the scrum. So it's gonna be a very um important weekend I think for the front three um, yeah. uh, at the Stade Ernest well on on uh, on Sunday. Not great for us this season maybe Tom, but the guy that was, you know, earning earning some of those penalties on the tight head side for Wasps was Will Stewart who who has been heavily linked with Bath. And I think, you know, on on the Wasp side did have 
have a quite an impressive game. His ball carrying I've been really impressed with, both both close to the line in the close quarters uh, when picking and going, and and slightly in the wider channel uh, coming off nine and ten. So I think definitely he had the upper hand against uh, maybe someone like Max Lahif, who, who he could potentially be replacing in the squad next season. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess just moving on from from the scrum time, Charlie, and I know an area that you've um, you've spoken about recently and that you've been sort of tracking throughout the season, and that's defence. Um, and, and, and the defence was very good against Wasps, wasn't it? What did you, you know, continuation of last week, really? It, it, the defensive line is looking like a bit of a blue, black and white wall, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, it's a colourful, colourful wall of bricks there. But um, <laughs> we are, again, 88% tackle success, which is which is good. You want to be up around that that high 80s, 90s uh, percentage. And uh, only one clean break on their part. Yeah. Um, and I thought, I, 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 you know, there's, you, can't, you can't really have any complaints about that. Uh, we looked tight, um, made them really work for the meters that, that they got. A couple of, it, it isn't really so much a defensive issue, but it leads to them making meters. But I felt like sometimes we were trying to give that extra offload. Um, there was one moment in the first half where De Jong made that small break when um, I can't remember who it was initially made, tried to make an offload, didn't go to hand. It was collected by Tom Homer, recycled, who then tried to make another audacious offload, mm-hmm. which then went to ground to let Dion kick it through. And I feel like sometimes we're trying to just work it a bit too much. And when there is an error, just calm down a bit. Uh, it's, 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 you get taught it a lot, uh, kind of lower, lower leagues, but sometimes I think that can be carried through. Stop trying to throw everything and uh, just, Cause, just cause recycle the ball. Because you'll slip a disc, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> no, I think, in, in fairness, I think that it has been a slight issue this season. But then we saw in, in, a, in, in a different game, uh, uh, the game against uh, Wasps at, at the Rico, where we, we didn't throw one offload. And I think perhaps this week, it was slightly more the case that it, it was a dead rubber and there were guys who were, who were um, you know, looking to impress and therefore, you know, maybe you do throw that offload, maybe, maybe you do take that extra chance because at the end of the day, the result uh, in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter. Whereas against the same team, I know it was away, but it was also in the premiership and I think maybe, maybe that was a reason. But, but how about that, that Jackson Willison offload for, for, the, for the Atkins yeah. break up the side? Absolutely gorgeous. We know, we know what he can do when he, when, he, when he gets his hands free in the tackle. Yeah, incredible. And, and the offloading is... You know, it's part of when we've looked most dangerous this season. Um, that's been that's been really really prevalent in our in our attack. And I think, gee, just to add to that, I think it is also about reading the conditions. Conditions were good for attacking rugby at, at the rec on Saturday, whereas maybe at the Rico mm. before Christmas, um, you know, it was a little bit more sort of tuck up your jumper um, style in terms of the conditions. And uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know about you boys, I got the impression a little bit that you know both sides obviously um, are lacking a bit of momentum, have both struggled in, in in the Premiership and in the Champions Cup. And I felt like both sides were looking for momentum, but in slightly different ways. I felt like from a Bath perspective, the performance was more important than the result. For example, you know, we turned down a couple of opportunities mm. at goal um, and, we, and we chose instead to, to kick for the corner. Whereas I think Wasps, um, they didn't do that. Um, they, they kicked for goal. And I, I think that they were looking for momentum through, um, through a positive result. And I think that's also the reason that they... Um, that they didn't make so so many changes to their side, the side that played Northampton the week before. Yeah, you're completely right, Tom. I completely agree with you in the way that Wasps. They they mentioned Wasps haven't had an away win um, in any competition since since the end of September. So it's long a enough. long, long time. Uh, and as, as as people say, winning becomes a habit, and losing becomes a habit. And I think Wasps are trying to turn that around. Getting that boost that you get from a win is so valuable mm. to a squad, and I think as you know, we, we've we've seen the likes of Elliot Daly, who is is has been, 
you know in the news a little bit for the way he's reacted after after games yeah, yeah. he's he's been he's been not in a good place he's been he's been talking about moving clubs etc uh and i think wasps want to try to get that get that out, out of the club a bit the this 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 negativity around the club there's lots of complaints and i think a couple of wins under their belt may start to you know turn those feelings around a bit but as you say for bath it's 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 uh, momentum mm. you know blooding a couple of these new players you know some of the guys who really stood out i thought that you know uh, Atkins, um, Wright, Green, uh, you know, mm. lots of these guys, Bayless, were, were fantastic. And there are lots of guys who are, as you say, around the fringes. And uh, being able to bring them into into a team, perform well, it just uh, it just shows our strength and depth. And uh, that's some momentum and things we can carry through, for example. Yeah, c- completely agree. So I guess just finally on the, on the positives and the individual players, we mentioned um, Max Clark briefly, but... Um, he was obviously he was obviously man of the match on the day. What did you uh, what did you make of his his performance? He obviously moved to the wing um, towards the end of the game. I thought he looked he looked sharp and attacked, didn't he? Yeah, I think Max Clark did have a had a really good game. I think in attack and, and also in defence. You know, they mentioned it on the commentary there, but on a number on a couple of occasions certainly he put in really big tackles. There was one occasion which I remember when we were on our goal line defending, and he kind of puts in a big shot, and, and then it leads to the turnover off off that phase. I can't remember who it was that got in over the ball, but but it was on the basis of of his big tackle. And I think that was really good, and, and he hasn't been in the first team for for a, for a while now, and he's perhaps slipped down the pecking order behind Max Wright in the centres uh, behind obviously Willison, Roberts and Joseph in that in that position when, when Joseph does come back which, which looks like to be soon um, and I think when he did come back he was perhaps slightly off the pace so yeah really good for him um, and, and really good for, for those two guys who is starting to develop a, a bit of a partnership uh, in, in, that, in, that, in that region uh, the, the two maxes there really good I think he's been spending a bit too much time in the hair salon. Perhaps yeah. that's why he hasn't uh, he hasn't managed to get on the fields as as often as he would have liked. Well, but, I was going to say, you know, twelve out of thirteen tackles. I think he definitely won the uh, sort of battle of the hair uh, against his opposite number, Michele <laughs> uh, Campagnaro. There was, uh, yeah, lovely long lovely, locks, lovely long locks, long yeah. locks flying uh, flying everywhere. Okay, boys. I think that 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 pretty much. You're talking about the uh, the lineup battle, or we're we talking about the centre battle, <laughs> <laughs> the battle of the locks. <laughs> Captain Luke Charteris had a good game as well. Um, he's, he's moving, talking, speaking of long moving, locks, moving, <laughs> well. moving, moving very quickly on, and uh, just a couple of points that um, that have come out of uh, of the game, sort of on on, on social media. One of them was around something that you've mentioned, G, and it was around the the, the coverage um, on BT Sport, um, specifically in this instance by Lawrence Dale, who's obviously um, an ex-WASP, uh, still affiliated with the club. And uh, yeah, I watched the game live, so um, you know, obviously didn't hear so much of the so much of the commentary. But um, yeah, there have been a lot of calls for you know ex-players not to commentate um, on the role clubs, particularly as I say when they're when they're affiliated with it. What do you, what's your view on that? I know, I know you've been critical of, of Delalio in the past. Yeah, I have been critical of Delalio in the past and I'll be critical of him again this week because it's not just um, the fact that I don't think he's necessarily uh, biased to, well, I think perhaps he is on occasions, but it's not just that. It's the fact that he clearly knows a lot more about the Wasp side than he does on this occasion, the Bar side. But on uh, when he's talking about, you know, when it's Wasps against other clubs, he always knows more about Wasps. And that is understandable, but, you know, it would be nice for him to do, you know, a touch free sets because there was one occasion I know where, where he mentioned Neil Hatley in, in the crowd. 
Um, and he kind of said, oh, he'll be looking at this, that, and the other player. And all the players that he listed were Wasp players. Whereas, you know, Elliot Stooks playing, starting for Bath, who's been in and around the England squad, will be fighting tooth and nail to get back to remain and get back in that squad for the Six Nations. And he just failed to, he failed to mention that and completely neglected that point. So I think it's not just the bias, it's the fact that he knows so much more about Wasps. than, And it's good, obviously, that he knows a lot about Wasps. That's brilliant. Bring that to the table, but also bring to the table knowledge about uh, the other clubs. And I think you know the, the traction that has been going on I think that there's been critical of, of other guys but I think the one guy that that people aren't necessarily critical of is, is David Flatman and, and and whilst I have my my grievances with Flatman in other areas of his commentary he does he does know a lot about all of the clubs equally he doesn't know more about Bath than he does say Gloucester or, or Sale he seems to have done his research on all of the clubs equally I think that's so so important especially when on this occasion it was just him it was just Ali Eakin and Lawrence Delalio in the commentary box that there was nobody else in the commentary team as there was no one there to provide that sort of other side of the coin which if there's a three perhaps that would be the case so I think yeah on this occasion it was again quite quite frustrating watching the game oh there it is the F word it's it's been dropped already it took one week oh no (laughs) it's done it we're recording on the evening of uh, the 14th of January Um, two weeks (laughs) who had two weeks oh it was Lawrence Delaney that got me as well it wasn't even Bath (laughs) we need a bell I need to get a bell every time you use it no, I, but I do think it's spot on, and it was interesting to see Flatman sort of responded to some of the, the you know, the, the comments on Twitter to say that he's only commentated two or three times um, mm. on a Bath game, and yeah, I don't know. I, I think even so, that this issue doesn't come up in the future. I think BT Sport should potentially look at um, spreading the commentary um, out a bit more fairly, so we don't end up in situations where people can criticise commentators for being mm. biased because they are in a really difficult situation. And Flatman's made this point before. He can either, you know, go against Bath, and everyone says, "Oh, you know, um, you're deliberately not trying to seem biased," or if he, uh, you know, talks about Bath a lot, then. Um, he suddenly suddenly biased towards Bath, so I think it is. Yeah, it, it is it's very a difficult, difficult situation for the commentators, um, and therefore don't put them in that situation yeah. by giving them that game. Yeah, great. So just one other point I was going to make. Um, obviously, I didn't hear the commentary, but I was there um, live, so it was just kind of on the spectacle. And it was around um, sort of the time, the amount of time in the second half that was spent with the, with the clock off um, between scrums, between lineouts. Um, you know, players taking a knee, having a rest. And, you know, I understand that, um, you know, the game's very, very physical um, and that there are going to be injuries. But to me, it felt like for both sides, the sort of the, the most metres made um, by both clubs was for the water boys because, you know, they were on and off, on and off, on and off um, all the time. And uh, yeah, it, I think it did um, affect the spectacle a bit. There was obviously a really good crowd in, in the wreck. And I think some people um, did switch off a little um, with all those stoppages. So I'd really like to see um, you know, well, I think world rugby really step in and and just make the game flow a little bit better, just for the just for the spectacle more than anything. Yeah, completely. I know. I know. There's all this player player welfare, etc. That is obviously very important, and obviously we all care about. But it as I I'm completely on board with you, Tom. When when the, often when there's been you know a very exciting passage of play, there's been lots of running, a couple of breaks. Uh, it's then almost inevitably followed by a couple of minutes of stoppages, people taking a knee, being out of breath, and it just takes that. It takes the atmosphere out of the stadium, mm. and uh, it 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 just it just kills kills the mood slightly. And I I completely agree with you. It'd be good to ha- perhaps 
find a way to speed up the game uh, when when we do have lots of stoppages. Yeah, and you, you talk about injuries, and it was a cold day at the wreck. Um, and, you know, I was out, um, Tom Homer was right out on the wing where I was sitting. I think there was a three or four minute break in between scrums, and he's there frantically trying to keep warm. And it's just like, that's, you know, you, you cool down for four or five minutes during a game, and, and that is how you, you know, you pick up an injury. And, you know, we know how susceptible Tom Homer has been to to injuries in recent times. So, um, yeah, I think just, just speed it up, and uh, I think it would be beneficial uh, to everyone, really. Yeah, spot on. Okay, so I think um, we've covered the the Bath-Wasps game there. In uh, Anything else to add on that, lads? Yeah, I think the only thing that I would say, and it, it kind of similar point to the one you're making, Tom, and, and the spectacle. Uh, and my dad went to the game uh, like you did, Tom, and he um, he 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 came back, uh, and we watched the game back together, and, it, and he was he was really disappointed with the with the refereeing display. Having watched the game live, uh, there were a couple of instances. I know the one where where Falatau's pulled back, and the advantage wasn't given. Uh, and, and he was saying, yeah, the people around us, we had no idea. And, and then we watched the game back, and it is it, the reason for it that the, the fact that Chris Cook it was who who'd played the ball on the ground, um, therefore he couldn't give an advantage. Uh, that that was perfectly fine. That that was hundred percent the correct decision. But Dad was saying that that there's that nobody in the crowd is aware of that, uh, and it would be quite nice. A point that I've made, and I think we all we all agree on. I've just spent God knows how many hours. It's the NFL playoffs this weekend. I've spent so many hours watching that this weekend, and it, the, the spectacle obviously wasn't there. But the spectacle of them all, of the the guy going out over the tannoy, it just makes it so much better because everybody knows what's going on, and it, it takes away from from from. It, it, then, th- therefore, the referees don't get stick in the crowd because they know the decision. The fans know the decision that they've made. So, just another thing I think that would add to the add to the spectacle. Something that we've a point we've made before. Yeah, yeah. certainly agree. Certainly agree. Okay, guys, I think that's uh, that's that one covered off. So, um, let's move on now to another fantastic um, result. To, uh, you know, f- for Bath Rugby, and it was for the under 18s um, who also played on Saturday at Royal Wooden Bassett. Um, got no idea where that is, but they played. Bristol Bears um, on Saturday and hammered them 77-17. So a fantastic result for... For, for the under-18s yet again. Um, nine, nine players um, crossed the whitewash. Uh, we scored 11 tries. Um, and the wingers, Gabriel Hammer-Webb and Owen Dudman, um, bagged a brace of tries each. Good so, name. Um, Good name. Yeah, well, I think there were two Gabriels playing, actually. Um, G, so, uh, yeah. Well, again, what are the chance of that? Four Maxes and two Gabriels. Tweet us at Bath Rugby Plug <laughs> if you know anything about that, because we, we obviously don't. Um, and, yeah, just last point on that, special mention um, to Orlando Bailey, who, another great name, who was uh, playing at fly half and kicking. Um, he, unfortunately, missed that conversion against um, the unbeaten Gloucester under-18 side last week. Um, and he kicked 10 conversions out of the 10 tries when he was on the field. So, um Really good um, comeback from him. Um, clearly, clearly, some some real talent in the so, yeah. in the under 18s So nice to see that they've learned to run under the post when they score a try to to let their fly off <laughs> kick yeah. all the sticks. But yeah, brilliant. Um, and yeah, really, really positive. You know that and the United results of late uh, and some good Bath results. I think a bit of positivity around the club certainly at the moment. Yeah, and um, you know, just if you haven't seen it already, take a look on on Twitter, Bath Rugby. 
um, tweeted out the highlights, um, you know, following the match report against against Bristol Bears. And there's some seriously impressive handling. And, you know, credit's got to go to to the work that uh, academy coach Ryan Davis has clearly been putting mm. in because some of the handling, um, some of the wide play in particular is is really impressive. So, um, you know, these guys are going to have a, a, a an increasingly important role um, obviously with the constraints of the salary cap over the next few seasons. So um, great to see these guys progress into, into, into the senior squad and, uh, and hopefully play for, for, for Bath in the future. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully sign things to come, as you say, Tom. And uh, as, as, you, as, as you've mentioned, um, we're, we're wanting to get half the squads uh, homegrown by, yeah. by 2021. So uh, I'm sure lots of those boys will be involved. So it's, it's, it's great to see see us absolutely murdering teams like Bristol. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, congratulations to the, to the under-18s. So just moving on to, um, yeah, a few bits of, of, of Bath-related news. And, um, yeah, I won't, won't touch on this one for too long because I think it's a point that's been made before. But, um, yeah, Todd Blackadder came out um, following the game, I think it was, and, and spoke a little bit about the tribal nature of the Premiership, obviously being so competitive, um, uh, you know, meaning that the top team's, um, in the Gallagher Premiership, who obviously qualify for the Champions Cup, aren't able to compete. And, you know, Exeter have struggled. You know, Bath, Wasps have obviously struggled. It's only really Saracens and, ironically, Newcastle that have, that have been, able to, been able to compete and, and potentially will, will qualify. And, you know, you look at teams like Leinster, which, 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 which Blackadder mentioned, playing against New Zealand, obviously getting that win, having a couple of weeks off, coming to play a doubleheader against Bath and then going back into the, the Pro 14. And they're resting all these these international guys. So, um, yeah, it, it's something that, you know, um, it, it's, it's not the first time that, that someone's come out and said that, but I think it, it's hammered home, particularly this season, by the fact that, you know, the top uh, uh, English teams are struggling mm-hmm. in, in the competition. Yeah, hammered home, especially, I think, on, on Friday night. King's Home's proved to be a pretty tough place to go for a lot of Premiership sides this week, uh, this season, sorry, and, and, and Munster go there and, and, and make a mockery of it, to be, to be quite frank. They were, they were, they were fantastic, and, and Gloucester were, you could see that the, the, the Munster players were slightly fresher um, having had the break, and you know, it, it doesn't just help them in Europe, it also helps the, the international side, England. England have struggled on the back of the fact that the Premiership is so hard, and Ireland, on the other side of the coin, have benefited from that. But as you say, Tom, I I think it's a point that, that has been made. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think it is a shame. But then again, I'd probably rather have the, the Premiership being so competitive and being being such a great watch every week, and then perhaps not be as com- we, the clubs not be as competitive in Europe and the England side not be as competitive. Uh, just to have that 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 strong Premiership because because that is our bread and butter, guys. Yeah, it's, it's, it certainly is, and it's a it's a deep rabbit hole to go down because the only way to fix it really is by ring fencing and. I'm personally not not really on board with with, with ring fencing. Uh, I, I I think promotion relegation is a good thing, as you say, it makes those games come the end of the season uh, all that bit more exciting. And uh, there's every game is is is, is got uh, something to play for, its own little story behind it. So. Yeah, uh, I think especially yeah. this season. You know, in, in past seasons, I've perhaps been for ring fencing, given there's always been one terrible side and the relegation scraps basically been over by now. I mean, I know Tom, you at the start of the season predicted that that Bristol would already be mathematically down by January, <laughs> um, but this season the, the relegation battle is is perhaps the more exciting end of the table with with so many teams, uh, you know, God forbid Bath in with a chance of going down. So I think, yeah, I think. Like we take we take it how it is. I think I'd rather be watching English rugby week in week out than than, than watching Irish rugby. So that's just the way it is. Yeah, I predicted they'd be down by uh, d- down by Christmas. They still might go down, but at least I've not broken my New Year's resolution two weeks into January. So uh, who, who's the real winner there? How's that dry January going for you, Tom? Yeah, that's uh, also also not gone as well. 
Um, but yeah, just, just beer in your teacup. <laughs> no, <it's> Irish whiskey, <laughs> Irish coffee. <laughs> you, you mentioned Munster there, and it, it sort of uh, segues quite nicely onto onto the next thing we're going to talk about. I thought Conor Murray and uh, and, and Joey Carberry's got to be one of the most exciting, one of the most well balanced um, halfback pairings in the Northern Hemisphere at the moment, and obviously. You know, uh, Bath announced this week that uh, Reese Priestland, um, one of our frontline halfbacks, obviously will be departing the club at the end of the season. Um, Freddie Burns and, and Alex Davis um, will have one year, obviously, remaining on their their current contracts. And obviously, the rumours are Charlie that we're um, in the market for a, a frontline ten. Andre Pollard of South Africa has been rumoured, but um, yeah, what, what do you make of it first? I thought Reese Reese Priestland played well at the weekend, but um, maybe time for a change. Yeah, I, I thought he had a fantastic game. Uh, he's a solid, reliable player. Um, I think his, his best days are behind him, and I think it is the right decision uh, to let him go. Uh, he, he, I think, he'll be far more valuable to another club, perhaps. And the problem we've really had at Bath is there hasn't been a clear first choice ten. Him and Freddie Burns uh, have, have been have been battling for that number ten shirt ever since uh, Burns signed for the club, and uh, I think. Getting in a you know a, a world class caliber ten, someone like Andre Pollard who has been heavily linked, would is exactly the thing that Bath Bath are missing. I think, uh, and Freddie Burns would be a fantastic a, a fantastic second choice, and he'd definitely step up to the mark when needed. But I think, uh, you know, as as you, as you as you've mentioned already in past podcasts, the salary cap is definitely coming into play. Uh, he's he's touted to be on quite a handsome sum of money, so. Uh, uh, it's it's uh, it'd be a shame to see him go, and he served the club very well. Although uh, I think it is the right decision. Yeah, always been difficult for Priestland. I think joined when Ford was absolutely in his prime, and obviously playing under his dad, which always helps with selection. And then when Burns came in, as you say, there was always a a slight a slight uh, debate about who was the number one, number ten. So I think has been slightly difficult career for Priestland. But but when he has slotted in, and when he has had a run of games, I think he has proved to be uh, a really good player for Bath. And you know I know he's he's well liked around the squad as well. So yeah, a shame to see him go. But if we can get someone like Andre Pollard through the door. Well, then you know I'll forget about Reese Bruce pretty quickly to be honest with you. Poor yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Reese. Andre Pollard's not going to kick all his his goals at a rainy night in uh, at Scarlet uh, yeah. in, in the Champions. I think Cup that and, probably was Priestland's best yeah. day. And that, that's what I remember him for. You know, against yeah. his old club, kicking all those goals, and uh, yeah, be sad to see him go because yeah, he's, he's clearly a really nice guy. But um, yeah, salary caps obviously ever more constraining with players demanding more and more money and um, on that point another guy who's probably um, on a fair wedge um, obviously back this season from Toulon um, is Dave Atwood a few rumours uh, obviously circulating around his future at the club um, some saying he might follow um, James Phillips up the M6 uh, to Salford and the AJ Bell to play for sale next season um, and others potentially saying that he'll head back out um, to France to play um, uh, next season as well. So um, yeah, obviously we'll, we'll continue to follow that one. We don't have any more um, information on that at all. It's all just speculation at this point. But uh, yeah, another one to another one to monitor, Charlie. I wouldn't mind sipping some rosé down on the Côte d'Azur. To be honest, that's yeah. probably where I'd be heading. Yeah, I think presumably it's more likely that he's going to go back to Toulon than you know if they'd have him. Presumably than go up to Sale. You know, where would you rather retire, Toulon or or, or Sale? Well, so, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a fair question. Um, as we say, we, we yeah, this is all, all pure speculation, but um, Sale was definitely mentioned. Another one that we've been uh, monitoring uh, very closely, Charlie, is, is Jonathan Joseph. 
um, potentially some more some more positive news this week with uh, Todd Blackadder coming out and saying that Bath are very keen to keen to keep him. Um, they've offered him um, a, a new deal. Um, equally, on you know on the same side, we've we, we've spoken about Northampton Saints um, and potentially him being in talks with them. Um, on Friday, Northampton announced that they've signed New Zealand centre Matt Proctor from the Hurricanes for next season. So that would seem to to, to quash the quash the rumours um, around Jonathan Joseph going to Saints potentially, would it, Charlie? Certainly quashes the rumours about him going to Saints. Uh, although I'm having my I'm having my heartstrings played with a bit here because um, <laughs> I'm not sure whether he's coming or going. But uh, uh, I still I still think he he may be on his way. But as you say, an offer is there on the table, which. I'm not sure what you think about this, Gabriel, but that, to me, if he hasn't taken it already, it seems he, he would like to search for options elsewhere. And I think Bath may just be his, his last resort if, if, if that's not taken up on. Yeah, I think dotting the I's, crossing the T's in the contract, you know, there is something to be said for that and that, that will definitely be the case. I think, you know, the, the rumours are that he, he'll be taking a, a pay cut at Bath, which, which, you know, we suggested that we may not be able to fit him in to the salary cap. And, and that would prov- that would be a nice way of, you know, maybe taking a bit of the salary cap off and and keeping a player like Jonathan Joseph. And and, and, and from his point of view, it means that he stays in a, in a settled club uh, around an environment which, you know, we know he loves being at Bath uh, in a system which which he knows and is used to. So I think if, if that could happen, that would be absolutely fantastic. I spoke last week about how much I like Joseph as a player. I, I think he's absolutely brilliant. Um, I'd I'd really love to keep him. And as you say, the news about Matt Proctor uh, was really good news uh, from a Bath point of view, I think. And the uh, the way that Blackadder spoke, I think, was also good news and certainly filled me with a bit of positivity. But yeah, as you say, Charlie, it is a bit every week. It's a different message at the club. So have to wait and see how this one plays out, definitely. Yeah, well, we'll also have to see what his personal ambitions are as well, because I wonder if he does re-sign with Bath, what length that contract will be. It is the World Cup next year, and he'll definitely have that in his sights. And he, he he's uh, he's he's probably going to be thinking about his future. People have linked him with uh, with some friends, some French clubs, and getting a nice paycheck down there, which he could get far more easily than in the Premiership. But it depends what his England aspirations are post World Cup. I think. Yeah, I mean, he's only twenty seven. I think so. Um, you you know, you'd like to hope that particularly this year with the World Cup, he's got some. Uh, you know, he's got, he's got England ambitions. So um, yeah, we'll see how that one plays out. And hopefully, Charlie, um, your heartstrings won't uh, won't won't take too much more punishment because we are into January now. Um, and hopefully, we'll we'll find out we'll find out very soon. So just yeah, I guess just final final bit of news, um, which will be coming out on Thursday, um, will be announced on Thursday, is the England um, Six Nations squad. Um, obviously, we're very hopeful as completely impartial um, Bath fans <laughs> um, that there'll be a few a few Bath players included. Um, obviously, there are some injuries and there are guys who haven't played very much who are just coming back, like Jonathan Joseph. So um, I thought we'd just we'd just break this down um, in the following way and, and, and you know and see what we think about this. So I've got four categories: um, we've got the likelies, the maybes, the would have beens, and the outside bets brackets who would you love to see given a Gary Graham or Marcus Smith-esque chance to wear the red rose <laughs> okay. so they're the, they're the four categories let's go for it by, by would have beans you mean uh, you mean would have had they not been injured or yes. would have in days gone by would have would have would have would have would have this season how long have we got Charlie would have would have uh, would have this season do you want me to explain the fourth category no I think, think, think we got that didn't we? Yeah. cool so um start off with the the likelies um I've only got one down in this category, but I don't know what don't know what you boys think. Um, Probably a couple in there. Uh, Go on. You, 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 so my my the one I've got written down is is Charlie Yules. 
Uh, I completely agree with that. Yeah, I think one of the the second rows certainly will, will you know, whether that be Atwood, Stuke, or Yules. Yeah, I, th- I think one of them will be. I amazing. think Jones has shown a, a preference to to Yules and I think over it will Stuke be Yules, and hasn't right. picked Atwood. Um, so I think any any to add to to, to that one? No, uh, I think you're completely right. Yules has really impressed me this season. Uh, as you say, he seems to be Jones's kind of fourth, fifth choice, uh, yeah. second row, and uh, it seems to be given more of a shot in 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 the slightly lesser games. Uh, internationally that is so uh, I, I think he'll certainly be uh, involved in the squad and with obviously Joe Launtry coming back as well I think maybe that will just um, push Elliot Stu out of the out of the squad we don't know exactly how big the squad will be um, expecting somewhere in the region of 35 to 40 but um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think if it is that sort of number I think Zach Mercer would count himself quite unlucky if he wasn't in that category as well as the only one I would that was maybe add well. but, but yeah. he's on the fringes of the first two categories which you've so brilliantly picked out for us Tom <laughs> yeah well I guess it just depends what what Eddie Jones goes for in the um in in the back row I mean you know Mercer's probably solidified himself as, as third choice in number eight but um but yeah, moving on to the moving on to the maybe. So I've got I've got Zach Mercer in the maybe category because I do think he is that third choice um, number eight in Eddie Jones's eyes after Billy Vinopella and, and, and Nathan Hughes. Anyone to to add to the add to the maybes then, boys? Uh, to the maybes, I'd definitely like to throw Tom Dunn's name in there. I Ooh. think he's been seriously impressive this season uh, mm. at Hooker. There's you know recently there seems to have only been two hookers involved in the squad. Uh, and I think that he's definitely worth a shot. Uh, I'd like to get him involved in there. Um, I know you're a big fan of his, Gabriel. Mm. Yeah, well, I think you, that's the key, isn't it? The, the number of hookers Jones yeah. picks. If it is three, then, then it could be done. It could be Dickey. It could be, you know, any, yeah. a, a, number of, a few other guys, perhaps. But I it think it wouldn't be anyone else, though, would if it? If it was... Um, Tommy Taylor's injured. Yeah, Tommy Taylor's injured, isn't he? Um, um, yeah. I think, it, I think he'd be in, in, in with a real shot if Jones does decide to pick... Mm pick three here because he's, he's shown some really good form this season so um, yeah I didn't actually have him down there because you know Jones has always picked two hookers but hopefully um, um, yeah ho- ho- he's, in with, mm. he's in with a good chance as well um, yeah also on that list I've got Jonathan Joseph who we just mentioned I think maybe he'll be in the in the wider squad um, obviously he won't have played much rugby at all well, he, and he, he won't have played any rugby but when Jones picks his squad on yeah, Thursday yeah when he picks so his squad hopefully cool. he'll he'll get a game um, out in Toulouse um, on Sunday but um, yeah he, he's in the maybe camp for me um, mm. just on potential think, to be honest I think he might be called up for the latter half of the tournament I feel during that during that sandwich week in the middle of the tournament when he's got some rugby under his belt he'll probably be called into the squads in one way or another yeah, yeah. And in this wider training squad Jones may just like to have him in there to see, see how he's going I, I think I think that will be that will be it rather than him actually having any chance of, mm. of, of playing in the, in the 23 um, during the Six Nations and, and the only other one I had in there was Elliot Stook who who he yeah. mentioned um yeah, depending on really how many second rows um, Eddie Jones Eddie Jones picks. So I think out of the non, out of the, well, uninjured guys, um, sorry, and I should just say, obviously we will have um, some departures. Toby Falatar will, will obviously go off and play for Wales. We're just talking about um, talking about England here. Um, and I think there are a few um, would have been. So um, if, if, if <laughs> this, they, is the, this is the longest list of the, the well, lot, the would have been if not injured. Go on then. Well, Thokinasiga, Underhill, um, Anthony Cat. Watson, Cat, uh, you know, maybe even someone like Tom Ellis. The, all these guys kind of spring to mind who 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 are in the in the in the Bath squad and and uh, on the Bath behind the Bath bench uh, in in their in their number ones, not playing. And I think Jones would love to pick a few yep. of those. Agree with all of those. And the only one I was going to add 
um, you know, a little bit of a forgotten man, obviously not having played at all this season, is Ben Obano. Yeah. Obviously, he was involved. He was involved in the England squad. Um, you know, did he even start a game for England, or or did he did he come? No, off the he bench? hasn't. He hasn't hasn't got an England cap. Did he as not? Far as I'm aware. Was he not capped? No, right. he was injured in the tra- in, in the training in the training. Camp. Camp. Oh yeah, of course so, he was. So, but yeah, he was he caps, was um, but... you know he came in obviously did the wrapping. Um, for for Eddie Jones when he first came into the into the squad at Penny Hill Park, so I think he went down very well with with Eddie Jones for that reason, also for the fact that he was in some really good form last season. Yeah, he's so flying, um, wasn't he? For me, he yeah. Injured. For me, hopefully he'll be. Well, I think he's back in sort of sort of March time th- th- this year. So um, yeah, it'd be great to see him get a few games in 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 this season. Um, and then fourth category, um, and I've realised that mine, my the player I picked is not really eligible for this. But uh, the fourth category <laughs> is. <laughs> Outside bet, brackets, <laughs> who would you love to see given a Gary Graham or Marcus Smith S chance to wear the red rose? Um, so who are you going to go for, G? Let's go full 180 degrees. Um, I was wrong about this guy and I'm willing to admit I was wrong. Oh, here we go. And th- th- this might be uh, on the basis of how many scrum he picks, but um, let's give uh, Will Chudley a chance, a Marcus Smith or a Gary Graham-esque chance to wear the red rose. Um, yeah, I've, he's Bath captain now and it's time I got on board with that. So yeah. That's who my uh, outside bet is. I'm, I'm glad we're recording a podcast. This is this is audio recorded, <laughs> so uh, I can play that back to you whenever whenever you're feeling angry about Will Chudley. Hey, you got to admit when you're wrong. You've got to admit when you're wrong. Come on, Charlie. Who's your? Um, I won't repeat it. Who's your outside bet? Yeah, it's 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 quite a tough one to pick. If I'm honest, uh, I would have I would have sung sung all my praises for uh, Nathan Cat had he uh, had he not been injured, uh, although. You know, if you're giving a, a complete wild card, you you could say someone like Max Wright, who's been who's been fantastic <laughs> for for he's been fantastic for Bath when he's played. Uh, I highly doubt it. You know, I've 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 not got many names that I think could realistically be involved, but uh, he's he's certainly been uh, been in, in, in a good good vein of form. And, yeah, uh, I mean maybe someone that you, I know you really like, Charlie McConaughey. Yeah. You know, he he he's played for England sevens and he's not played fifteens for a while. I know, but it's a certain thing Jones likes to do. A guy that's new on the scene and he sometimes likes to have them into his training camp just to see what they can do under his training methods. So maybe someone like that. I, I, yeah, I know it's a long really. shot, but well, I do think you know, that that back three position is just so competitive so that I don't the yeah. Win, you know. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the player that I'd, um, I'd written down um, was Tom Ellis. Um, obviously, I know that he's um, picked up um, a ligament injury in his elbow and he won't be back until until late February. Uh, but I think he's just been so good um, and he was obviously involved in the England sort of wider squad prior to, prior to being injured last season. So I think mm. he's he's banging the door down a little bit. The, the other player I, I was going to mention was Henry Thomas. Mm. I think England, um, even with Joe Marler having, having retired, are very strong um, on the loose head side. I wouldn't say, you know, quite, um, quite as strong on the tight head side at all. Obviously, Carl Sinclair, Dan Cole's out of favour. Nick Shonnett, um, has spent time um, in the England squad, so um, Henry Thomas, I think, has been been solid um, throughout the season. More than solid, he's been very good this season. So um, I think I'd like to see him him get an opportunity, whether he will or not. Um, I'm not sure because he's not been um, involved in, in in England squads for a while. It's a shame Cooper Vuna can't play for a third nationality. You know, he's one of the only players in the world who's played for two different teams. But, <laughs> he's yeah, yeah, he's yeah. not going near that white kit. <laughs> <laughs> He'll play in a way strip only. <laughs> we keep doing this for longer, boys. We're, we'll have done the whole squad in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I, if, I, if I had it my way. Yeah. Um, right. A uh, li- little break from uh, from that. Then I think Charlie again um, has prepared us a little a little game of who am I? Have you? I certainly um, have. So uh, 
you've got some pencils and paper at the ready or, it, or, or phones. I know what you're like, Tom. Is this, a, is this a shout out or a... just? I think it's just yeah, a general let's, free shout, let's shout out. out. Go, Go for on. it. If you get it wrong, I'll give the other person a a, a free a free opportunity to, uh, cool. to 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 get claim claim the answer before the next hint. So I've got four hints for each. Uh, three of them down here. So uh, we'll, we'll see we'll see what we can do. Right. First one. I lived most of my childhood in Glasgow. However, I was born in Leeds. Max Wright? Incorrect. You can have a free guess now if you like, or wait for the next one. Do I get a, do I get a go with Tom Frozen, or, or is that... Okay, yeah, you can have a go. You can have, you. Have, a, have, a, have a hint with Tom Frozen. We'll do it that way. Uh, I represented both Scotland and England at age grade level. Okay, move on. Keep, I yeah. don't know. Tell me back in. I'm frozen. No, you're back in. You're back in. Okay. Uh, my father played international rugby league for New Zealand. Oh, no, no, that is. Okay. Final clue. Is this? this one might give it away. Yeah. I was one of two apprentice players in England's Zach 2000. Massa. Correct. Oh, I knew. I knew, yeah. I knew he played for New Zealand <laughs> as well. Yeah, so he he represented Scotland uh, under sixteen under sixteen level. Uh, he became Scottish qualified uh, for the time he spent. He, he lived in Glasgow since he was eight. Um, so he became claim qualified there. It was part of Glasgow Warriors uh, Academy really? until until he signed for. He came down, moved down to Bath in two thousand fifteen. Aren't we? Aren't we glad he did? Yeah. So. Gabriel sneaks ahead with one nil lead. I'm so bad at who I'm. Yeah. I don't know why we do this. <laughs> so I enjoy I've got the squad up. My laptop is on. I still can't do it. <laughs> of course he does. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, right. This one I think you might find quite interesting, fellas. Um, first hint. I hold the all-time record for the highest individual point scorer in under-20 World Cup history. Okay. In number two. In the 2011 Tom Homer. Tom Homer. Tom Homer. I knew. Correct. I knew. I knew. I knew that. that I is knew. Fantastic, I knew that. Gabriel. Well done. Uh, it's, uh, it's Tom Homer. Uh, back in 2008, I believe he he set that record, which still stands. Uh, my, I'll read you the rest of the hints. It's interesting <laughs> to hear. Um, in 2011/12 Premiership season. I was awarded the Golden Boot with 253 points, which is very impressive. That was when he was back at London Irish. Mm -hmm. Uh, My next clue was going to be, I'm one of three ginger players at Bath (laughs) Rugby. Can you name the other two? (laughs) Anyone? Jacques Jacques Van Ruyen? Jacques Van Ruyen. (laughs) Um, Foot for his beard. The beard to be feared. Oh, Ross Batty. Uh, Ross Batty. And then it was just I joined Bath Rugby from London Irish in 2015. But no, well done, Gabriel. You've 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 achieved an unassailable lead with very good shout. Two, 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 uh, two correct answers. That one very quick off the bat. Well done. Thank you. Um, I'll see if you can gain gain some uh, some respectability respectability <laughs> back. Playing for your pride now, Tom. Uh, in my career. I have played for both for both South African teams in the Guinness Pro 12. The match versus Wasps on Saturday is the first game I have won all season. Jack Van Ruin. Ruin. Oh, incorrect. Oh, both, both of you incorrect. But we're you both, both said at the same <laughs> time. <laughs> <You're> both throws <laughs> no. Okay, no. Uh, Jack Van Ruin, the first game he's won all season. <laughs> he's been in the he's, squad every he's week. He's been in the squad almost every game. Um, okay. uh, 
I have never scored a try for Bath Rugby since joining in 2016. Michael Van Vuren. Correct. Fantastic. <laughs> Good shout. 3-0. 3-0 to Gabriel. I was going to say this was winning the one to give it away. Good my win. Line out, my line-out throw success was 100% on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I think he threw two line-outs. <laughs> and he also started a fight. Did you see that? Because someone swore at him. Mm-hmm. He started a fight and the referee kind of stepped in. You know, it's going off slightly from the Who Am I game. The ref stepped in and, and he said, oh, well, he swore at me. And the ref's reply was, well, you're a big man. Deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's, not, he's not actually that big. Like one, no. one of the guys I was with um, asked me asked me who who it was when they were warming up just by us, and I was I was thinking who's on the bench in the backs because he does look more like sort yeah. of a, a big sort of uh, centre build. But um, no, he obviously spent a lot of time injured um, last season, so good to good to see him come back and uh, and, and actually win a game for Bath. Yeah, it's good. You know, he, uh, he 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 was in that in that fifty nil humping from Saracens uh, <laughs> when we when we sent sent. The fruit and veg up there, isn't that right, Tom? <laughs> Mixed veg, mate. <laughs> Mixed veg. <laughs> and uh, and the other game, was, oh, I forget the other one, but um, I did I did, did check those stat facts. But there we go. Gabriel, yeah, sends sends Tom home with nothing. Very good. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, hope you enjoyed the last ever uh, game of Who Am I that we'll be playing on on this podcast. <laughs> no, thanks, Charlie. That was good. Learning more about the players and, and then seem to forget it. Uh, forget it every week, clearly. But exactly. um, Let's watch that. So, moving on, I guess, finally, boys, um, to the Toulouse game on Sunday. Here we go. Um, at the Stad, Ernest Wallon um, said in a very fine uh, French accent there, there Charlie. Um, first things first, um, we will be, as I mentioned last week, heading out to uh, the great city of Toulouse um, to cheer on the, the blue, black and white. Um, yeah, please get in touch with us um, at Bath Rugby Plug or bathrugbyplug at gmail.com. Um, if you are as well, it'd be great to... To, to, to meet any of you guys and to get behind the boys and, and, and maybe have a pint um, before or after the game. Um, but yeah, a pint just of wine. <laughs> <laughs> just to, <laughs> no one's going to be wanting to meet up with us then. Um, just to, I guess just to just to preview um, the game a little bit then, boys. Um, obviously, there was danger of it of it of it being another um, dead rubber. But Toulouse um, didn't get anything from their their game um, against Leinster. Um, on Saturday, so um, it is a big game for them because obviously they want to. They, they they potentially need a win um, to qualify as as one of the as one of the three uh, best runners up. Currently, they're sitting in um, in in that third position in terms of um, the third best runners up. So um, yeah, they they need a win here really. Um, Exeter obviously uh, back in form, um, sitting on thirteen points, so um, they could sneak ahead of Toulouse with a bonus point win um, next weekend. So um, yeah, big game, and it'll be really interesting to see. Um, Gabriel, sort of what teams are put out by both sides. Yeah, I think that that's the key, isn't it? And I was slightly worried because, you know, it's all very well putting out a, a reasonably strong side against Wasps at home. It's a whole different matter travelling a lot of the guys over and playing away from home. But I was slightly encouraged by, by Blackadder's comments after the game. He sort of hinted at the fact that we would be putting a strong side out. And then if you think about it, you know, there's no reason why a lot of those guys that played can't play again. And I'm talking about the likes of Falatau especially. He's going to be wanting to get minutes into his legs. And 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 the, and the man himself, Jonathan Joseph, He's this, to be back, this yeah. could be the week. I know he was training uh, with the squad before the game on, on Saturday against Wasps. So that if, if, he's, if he's able to do that, then and he must be very, very close to coming back. So hopefully, especially because we're going, Tom, but hopefully Bath can put out you know, a good team and, and make it a really good game the atmosphere should be fantastic uh, and if we go to win you know it, it could be fantastic it could be really entertaining so I'm, I'm really really looking forward to it guys no, I completely agree with you Gabriel the, the, the comments that 
the Blackadder made are really positive in, in, in that respect. I think they do want to go out there and actually get some redemption. I think yeah. uh, every Bath fan will remember that fateful moment where, where Maxime Medard slapped the ball out of Freddie Burns' hands. And I, for one, am really hoping that there's going to be a very tasty hit put on him by one of the big boys up front. Because uh, I'd love, I'd love, I'd love to see uh, see us gain back a bit of our pride, uh, knock them out of the competition that they basically did to us. So uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing a good side out. If we can get some of these these big names back on the field, it'd be fantastic. Yeah, I mean, sorry to bring the tone down slightly, but um, it, it, that that thing that that made our incident just makes you think. If we win that, and Alex Davis gets the kick against Wasp, you know, going to Toulouse with a win to to qualify would, would be even better. But you know, would have, should have, could have. It's still going to be really good, and, and hopefully, as you say, we put out a good side and, and, and make a game of it. Yeah, I think absolutely. And, you know, you talk about um, big hits there, Chai. And I, I mentioned earlier, I think it's going to be a very um, important game um, for the pack. Obviously, Toulouse um, got a massive um, front five in particular. I'm thinking of the likes of Charlie um, Falmaina. Um, is a huge, huge man um, at tighthead. So it's going to be a, a really big game for, for Jacques Van Royen, um, who I assume will start in that in, in, in that loose head shirt in the absence of, absence of Nathan Cat. And, you know, I think, you know, looking... Um, you know, forward into the, into the season a little bit more. And, you know, we will do obviously a, a full preview of the of the ten remaining uh, Premiership games, which pretty much follow um, the Premiership Rugby Cup match against Gloucester um, in two weeks' time. It's really important that we try and continue this momentum. The last thing we want is to go out to Toulouse, um, you know, put put a, put a second string side out, lose that comfortably, and suddenly the mood. Um, at Farley House when the boys get back um, it, it is suddenly sort of where it was a few weeks ago so yeah I, I completely agree I think and um, we tested the depth of our squad uh, against Wasp we did make um, a lot of changes to to that team so um, I'd like to see you know the same sort of blend of, ex- of experience and youth give these guys the opportunity to play at a big stadium against you know a big side a proud um, rugby club obviously um, and, and continue to build that momentum um, ahead of obviously um, the second half of the of the Premiership season. Yeah, I think the other the, the other strategy would be to to send a, a complete uh, um, complete change team with players that haven't featured almost at all for Bath, and and we saw how well that worked for for the club when we sent to Saracens, and then you know that's not exactly propelled us in the Premiership. So hopefully they we won't go with that strategy, and we'll go for the for the strategy of of building momentum, building wins, and uh, and I think as well Toulouse were very impressive at home against Leinster, but weren't very impressive when we saw them at the wreck, and weren't very impressive when we saw them when I watched you know watching the game Leinster Toulouse. So whilst they are on with a shout I, I, of course I do but I still believe that we can go there even though there's nothing on it for them and there's everything, nothing on it for us and everything on it for them I still believe we can go there and, and put pressure on them and come away with a win which, which would be fantastic oh, yeah, I, I'm certainly with you Gabe there's definitely, uh, definitely a possibility of us going turning them over as you say but uh, I, I, I have been impressed with them actually they've been one of the form teams in the entire European competition they've been running very well in the, uh, in the top 14 and uh, I thought for the first half against against Leinster, they, they they stuck with them and they were looking like a handy team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't for one minute think we can underestimate them. Uh, and they they'll, they'll they they stick with you until you put them to bed. Yeah, uh, fair play. Which, and I think that they're, they're a different side at home as well. Yeah, Sorry, mate. Exactly. No, 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 no. Of course, no. I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I certainly hope we go down and turn t- turn them over. I think we can. And the points you made are completely valid. Obviously, we we we, we should have beaten them at home. Uh, but yeah. I think uh, I, I think they have to. They're a team that has to be 
they, they, they have to be beaten and put to bed. They will come back at you and they'll keep, they'll, 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 they'll keep up uh, their defence and their attack mm. until, until you've actually defeated them. So, yeah, uh, so 80 minute performance exactly. required and good opportunity for Dave out to do a bit of house hunting maybe as well whilst he's done it. <laughs> <laughs> and they are, you know, I mean, just, just looking down the team that played Leinster, I think particularly in the backs, there are some really exciting players. You know, you've got Johan Uge, um, who played on the wing actually against, against Leinster. They're back three. Cheslin Colby, who's got oh, my probably, probably the best feet out of any... Any rugby player currently yeah, playing? Sorry, watching that game, you know, Jordan Lama gets a lot of credit for his feet, but they are nothing on how quick Cheslin Colby's yeah. feet are. He is phenomenally good. Uh, I just, like I've sp- I spoke about Thocken Asiga before and how we should just get him the ball when, when we've got an advantage, especially. With Colby, I'd be tempted just, if you've got an advantage, just literally put him in the pocket as if we were going for the drop goal and, t- and tell him to beat because especially when he's coming against big forwards, big front five guys, they just cannot lay a finger on him. He's in and out and away and his acceleration once he's beaten you with quick feet, his acceleration to go through the gap that he's created, he's a brilliant rugby player. I can't wait to watch him in the, yeah. in the flesh, certainly. He, he reminds me of uh, Shane Williams back in his, yeah. uh, back in his day. He, no, he's, he's fantastic. As he say, beats you in a phone box against, against some of the bigger guys. Give him an inch and he'll 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 take a yard. Yeah. Yeah. So I, should, I should just correct myself there. Not he's not probably not quite got the best feet um, out of any rugby player in the world. I think that accolade has to go to to Cooper Vuna. Um, I'm, I'm glad he said that. Yeah, and, and we I'm may not, even see hundred percent on board. With we this. may even see Cooper Vuna uh, line up against uh, Cheslin Colby. What a what a sort of clash of the clash of the titans that would be. So uh, if that's not incentive um, for you to book a book a late flight out to out to Toulouse um, to come and support the boys, then uh, then I don't know what is, but. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to that one. Anything, anything you boys have got to add on the on the Toulouse game, or are we just gonna? Well, we should do some predictions, shouldn't we? Yeah. Should we? Should we make some wild predictions? Yeah, so we we, should, what yeah. we do best, isn't it? Well, we we were, we were close enough with uh, with, with a draw. <laughs> we, we all predicted three oh, yeah. draws last week, and it was it was a, a two point margin, and uh, it, it was only it was only a, a last minute kick that did that did seal it for us. But uh, we've been we've been all right with our predictions so far. <laughs> so should we go? Go on then, um, Jay. Oh. You go, you go first. What? Uh, how, how do you predict? Um, how do you predict this one going? Not that you'll probably uh, Bath by how many? Pro- probably yeah. remember it when it does get to the day. <laughs> I think Bath by how many is the question. I think it will be a, a high scoring game. Toulouse are best when they're when they're throwing the ball around with that incredible back three as we've spoken about. And I think it will be a high scoring game. We'll go there with a sort of attitude of, of of trying to go and beat them at their own game perhaps and and throw the ball around as well with, with some of the exciting players that that we know we also have. So so an exciting game and Bath just to come out on top uh, by by perhaps a, a two point margin in a 36 to 34 thriller at the Stad Ernest Wallon boys um, yeah that I can't be, wait that would be a very very entertaining day uh, I I'm, I'm, I'm sadly I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take my heart off my sleeve for a minute but I, I think I think with Toulouse having so much on the line on this game they're gonna put out full strength uh, completely full strength team uh, they'll be they'll be going all 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 all, all hell and leather at it, and uh, I think they'll probably come out on top. Uh, uh, well, I imagine a similar team that played this weekend will will be will be going down to mm. the south of France, and uh, I, I imagine they'll they'll just they'll they'll just get the better of us. Uh, let's say to lose by five. Yeah, I was gonna say at this stage, you know, obviously recording on a Monday, um, very difficult to say. Um, but I think even if I saw the teams, I wouldn't be able to predict it accurately <laughs> because who who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what Bath team's going to turn up? But um, even more so, the old cliche: who knows which uh, what, what, what a French teams 
um, going to turn up. Um, yeah, I'm going on the day, so um, I'm going to I'm going to go for a, for a Bath win. Um, don't think it'll be quite as high scoring as that, G. So I'll go for I'll go for Bath by five um, in a 25-20 victory. I'm now sounding so pessimistic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, not, everyone. Not sure I want... bets, Charlie. It's a, it's a win-win situation yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm just... Uh, I'm not sure just... I want you on this weekend, to be honest, mate, if that's your attitude. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, obviously, I'm hoping for a Bath win, but if... Uh... If, if, if you want my honest opinion, you had it then. Yeah, as Tom says, please do get in touch with us if you uh, if you are going out there. We, we really do uh, want to meet up to, to have a beer with you guys because um, that, that means we don't have to listen to, to each other drone on about the same old things because we do that enough. So yeah, really good to meet up with you guys. So please do get in touch with us. Um, and yeah, if you are going and you don't want to meet up with us, then, then have a fantastic weekend. Uh, I certainly cannot, cannot wait. And in, 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 the, same, in the same vein of thought, uh, if, you, if you aren't going, but know to lose well and can suggest any <laughs> any good establishments that we should frequent please do please do let us know at bath rugby plug on twitter yeah i'm yep. just looking for a, for a good museum for that for that saturday afternoon i think that's exactly where i'd like to be not watching the the uh, the final round of the champions cup i'll be of course uh, not of course i'll not. be looking at I some think, artwork yeah particularly you know any museums that open early on a sunday morning i think would be t- <laughs> particularly popular um with with the three of us but uh no i think that that covers off uh, off pretty much everything um we will be back next week um, probably a little bit dusty uh, following the uh, the Toulouse game on Sunday um, probably come to you on uh, on Monday or Tuesday um, so it will be in your feed on, on Tuesday morning or, or Wednesday morning um, but yeah thank you very much for listening um, hope you enjoyed the podcast as I say get in touch with us um, with any questions comments feedback we really appreciate all your views um, and all your questions and comments so um, yeah thank you very much for the support and um, yeah let's, let's have a good weekend uh, Watching the boys this Sunday. Thick and thin, boys. Thick and thin. Allez les, uh, allez les bleus noirs et blancs. <laughs>